Hi, this is Burton Seabell of Fear Factory, and you are listening to Signal to Noise. This is David Austin from Megadeth, and you are here with Signal to Noise. Hey guys, this is Caleb Cook with Hazel Effects, and you are listening to Signal to Noise. You are listening to a presentation of the Cast Iron Ring Network. For more great content like this, head to castironring.com. Your number one source for the best music podcasts on the net. All right, welcome to episode 15 of the Signal to Noise podcast. I am your host, Aaron, and on today's show, we've got um, an interesting interview with a new effects builder. But before we get into that, let's talk about the Cast Iron Ring. As you heard at the top of the show, um, this show is a part of the Cast Iron Ring Network. And we've got a lot of great shows out there. And if you've listened to the show before, I am sure that you have heard me talk about this show, Radioactive Metal. So a couple things I want to call out. Um, a, I am typically behind on my podcast um, because all my brothers at the Cast Iron Ring um, do weekly podcasts. And you know, mine's whenever I feel like it, apparently, right now. Um, so obviously I get behind on material and radioactive metal had a couple episodes that have just made me smile and chuckle. So the first one was 265 episode 265. Um, if you are not familiar with a news story involving Tim Lambesis of, um, as I lay dying, Google that first and then listen to the beginning of episode 255. I was cracking up. Those guys are hysterical. I don't want to spoil it for anybody else. Just trust me. Um, check that out. And then there's episode 266. So episode 266, I really enjoyed because as Rock called during the episode, um, he was talking about a band called Rotten Sound. And he started talking about the geeky side of Rotten Sound, the fact that they use the Boss heavy metal pedal, the HM2. And he's like, oh, I bet if Aaron's listening to this right now, he's got a big smile on his face. And he was exactly right. I sure did. um, Because I have two of those pedals. I'm probably going to acquire some more here as time goes on but the hm2 is my first ever heavy metal pedal and he also talks about the fact that um i bought a t-shirt by a band called rotten sound just to get the heavy metal pedal on a t-shirt which i did um and so i am quite obsessed with that and then of course you know being that the cast iron ring we are all like brothers um we all talk it's a great camaraderie we you know poke fun on each other have a good time uh get into some great debates about music and things And um, as any brother would, uh, Rock, call me out because I haven't had a podcast in a while. Now, that would have been made before my last podcast. And, uh, you know, two in a row for me, this is kind of a record right now. And believe it or not, we're going to have a third one coming up here soon. Um, But, yeah, I just wanted to call that out. So, Rock, thanks for calling me out. And um, you're right, I haven't put one out in a while. And while I'm talking about this, depending on how you are listening to this, um, my iTunes feed apparently is not working. My feed burner feed is working great. So if you go out to signaltonoise.fm, um, you go go there, you can download the podcast. There's a link to my feed burner page. You click the little RSS kind of icon, takes you out to my feed burner page. You can subscribe right through feed burner if you want, or you know, get that address, subscribe in the um, RSS of your choice, whatever it is. But um, I am going to be working on that. And thanks to John at the Cast Iron Ring, because him and I have been um, saying some troubleshooting emails back and forth a lot, trying to get that figured out. So, um, without further ado, let's start talking about, well, what the interview is going to be tonight. All right, so our interview tonight is going to be with Caleb Cook of Hazel Effects. So Caleb 
Um, Caleb is the owner, builder, designer, proprietor, whatever you want to call it, of Hazel Effects, and his first pedal is called The Germ. Now, I think I've talked about on the show before, and I know I've talked about on the blog, that I'm a huge fan of Kickstarter. So that's how I discovered Caleb. I go on there, I look for um, the word guitar, just check out to see what's going on. So I found Caleb's project, and it was rather interesting because he was talking about having germanium fuzz. Germanium's been a big craze here. And um, he had a great demo where he demonstrated like that, that Hendrix kind of fuzz. And if you go out and watch the demos, you'll know exactly what I mean by that if you don't know already. Um, and I'm like, man, I want to check this out. And what was unique about Caleb's fuzz, or at least unique to what I've seen when I see anybody do a germanium, is that it's a hybrid circuit, meaning that he powers it with a silicone-based um, transistor and a germanium, or germanium? Germanium. I may be pronouncing all these wrong, but germanium transistor. So um, I wanted to get Caleb on and talk to him about the show because I, I backed the project. The project was successful. My pedal should be coming in the mail. So I don't have any demos today, but I wanted to get this episode out because I wanted to introduce you to Caleb, and he's got about four or five days left as we speak um, on a new project right now, and that new project is called the Junk Punch, and it's a clean boost pedal, and I'd really like to see that come to fruition here, so I want to try and help him out, get some promotion on that. Um, but without further ado, well, heck, let's get into the interview that I had with Caleb. Ladies and gentlemen, I have on the phone with me tonight... Caleb Cook of Hazel Effects. Caleb, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good, good. So, Caleb, um, I discovered you and Hazel Effects because of Kickstarter. Um, you, you had a Kickstarter campaign a little bit ago for the germ, and I know you currently have one going on. So how about you tell us a little bit about how the, um, the germ came to be and, and what makes that pedal unique? As far as the way the pedal actually came to be, me and my buddies of course play guitar and play in bands and stuff and and uh one day i was looking for a good fuzz pedal and i couldn't really find one that fit exactly what i wanted to do so in the past i had done a bunch of uh work on amps and modifying effects pedals and things like that so i was just like well i'm gonna build one um, i'm gonna kind of just figure out what sound i want and figure out how to build one that I'll play over anybody else's pedal. So that's kind of how it came about. Um, I started by, of course, playing through other people's fuzz pedals, and I found the fuzz face was close to what I liked as far as sound goes, but it, it suffered from a few issues. As, uh, just the tone is a little crazy on the new fuzz faces. Um, I didn't like the, the harshness of the all-silicone fuzz faces. So I kind of took the circuit design that they had and looked and tried to figure out, well, what did they do that I could improve on that would make this a better pedal and would fit me, you know, or anybody else that would play it a little better than what this pedal is. And that's when I kind of just started experimenting a little bit. And the, the original fuzz face had uh, germanium transistors, which is the type of um, transistor. It's the type of I guess, element or alloy they use in the transistor, whereas newer transistors are all silicone-based. For the old germanium transistors, they had a one major flaw, which was they're extremely sensitive to temperature and they're very inconsistent. So you would buy a batch of 100 of them and to get you know the actual usable transistors, you might end up with 20 or 25. So the first model of the germ was 100% germanium and it sounded cool, it was a little crazy and over the top, but um, I liked it, but I didn't like the fact that it was so hard to make the pedal consistent by doing 100% germanium. 
so I started just playing around, and that's when I decided to take a, um, a silicone transistor and a germanium transistor and put together in the fuzz, which is why I kind of branded it as a hybrid fuzz. How did you come up with the idea then to like kind of meld the, the silicone and the germanium? Um, and I'm glad you brought the germanium because I, I kind of wanted to ask a little bit more about that, but we'll touch on that here in a minute. So like, how did the process come about to, to kind of combine those two? What, what does that really bring to the table when you, when you put them together? How did you put them together in the circuit, I guess? Well, the reason that they did away with the germanium is because, of course, the in, inconsistency in the transistors, um, which silicone is what replaced that. And silicone transistors are extremely reliable. They're not as sensitive to heat and temperature changes. Um, they're very consistent. Uh, each transistor has a different gain stage um, depending on what circuit it's in. So like in a in a fuzz phase type circuit, there's two transistors. And the first transistor, if you're using all germanium, should be somewhere in like the 70 to 90 range as far as the gain goes. And the second could be anywhere from 90 to 150. The problem is, you know, because they're so inconsistent, it's hard to find those. And that's when I decided, well, silicone so consistent, but germanium has the tone. If I could have the silicone do most of the, the hard workhorse work in the pedal and then have a germanium that kind of flavors the pedal, then that would make a very consistent pedal without, you know, the flaws of with, with a good tone. So it would sound like a germanium fuzz, but would operate like a silicone fuzz. That's kind of how it, it came about. Is I was just sitting there thinking one night, and I had some extra transistors laying around, so I just I popped one of the germanium transistors out of the circuit, and I soldered in a silicone transistor instead, and plugged it up, and I was just like, this is it. Like, this is, I knew at that point that that was the pedal I wanted to build. Nice. And I wasn't, I made some more, more tweaks later on, but as far as the base circuit, I was like, this is what I want to do right here. How did you get your start in electronics? Like, like to, to even sit down to be able to, like, look at a circuit... Like, what kind of background did you have? Did you just pick this up on your own? Did you have any formal training? didn't have any formal training. Um, my dad was a, uh, I guess when he was younger, he started out as like a TV service repairman, um, and he knows all about circuits and stuff like that. And then later on, he doesn't do that type of stuff anymore, but all growing up, would always have little projects going on just for fun, like he'd build robots and stuff like that. So I was always around that type of thing, and... You know, his mentality on everything is, you know, if you want to do it, you can find a way to do it and learn it. So through life, I've always had that mentality of, you know, if I want to do something, just figure out how to do it and do it. If I need to learn something new, I'll learn something new. A lot of that just came from him and just, you know, being around electronics and stuff. But then that in combined, combined with, you know, just his values as far as, you know, if you want to do something, you can do it as long as you put enough time into it. So um, I've just started fiddling with electronics when I was younger. I mean, I remember when I was like eight or nine years old building a crane out of an old drill that was broken and putting a remote control on it so I could, Wow. you know, it was just like wood and an old drill and uh, uh, like an old remote control, like one you would plug into one of those old VHS cameras for controlling yeah. playback and stuff. And, and my dad helped me with that, of course, I was eight years old, but still. Yeah. Um, you know, from that point forward, I've always, when something breaks, I fix it. Like in the car, if the radio goes out, I'd figure out, well, why did it go out and fix it? Or And then after that, I became a guitar, like a repair technician for guitars. And that exposed me to a lot of the effects and stuff. When I started, people would come in and say, hey, can you mod this pedal? I hear that it's a big thing to mod the DS1 right now. I'd be like, well, sure, leave it with me. And they'd leave it with me, and then I'd go online or talk to somebody, and I'd figure out how to do it, and I would do it. 
So wow. that kind of is how I got exposed to it. And then, you know, from that point forward, I just by nature started learning more about the circuits and how they operate in the pedal. So can you read schematics then? Yes. Okay. So now how did you pick up that? Did your dad help you with the schematics? Did you, like, have any books that guided you in the right direction? Um, to be honest with that, I, I don't really have a straightforward answer. I just remember knowing how to read schematics. I think maybe at one point my dad might have pointed out a couple of the nuances of it, like, oh, hey, this little uh, sign means resistor, and, and this sign means potentiometer, and this sign means transistor, and this sign yeah. means capacitor, and that type of thing. But I never... I don't have, like, a definitive answer for that as far as saying, oh, yeah, I, I read this book, and that's how I learned how to read it. I don't Neat. know. I just started, as I was building circuits, that just came along with it. It's yeah. kind of like reading a book. If you just take it one step at a time, eventually you're just reading, and it's second nature type of thing. Yeah, yeah. So when you design your pedals then, do you sit down and actually, like, draw out the schematic first, or do you sit down with, like a like a breadboard and try to piece things together? How does that come about when you start start your pedal design? Um, to be honest, generally, and um, and later on I'll tell you a little more about, I have another pedal I'm designing, but the process for me has always kind of gone, well, first figure out what pedal I want to make. Is it a fuzz, is it a distortion, or a delay, or whatever. And then I try and find something that's what I like that's already being made out there just so I know what it needs to sound like. And then I kind of look and see, well, what method did they use to do this? Because... There's so many people out there, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel on anything. I mean, there's there are people on forums and stuff, I'm sure, that have done hybrid buzzes before. It just isn't like a, a big thing out there. But like I said, I'm not reinventing the wheel, wheel on anything. So I'm kind of like, well, let me just figure out, you know, what does this circuit do from this company? You know, if Love Pedal builds a pedal and I love it, then, you know, let me kind of take what they did and figure out why it sounds the way it does and then go from there. So that's kind of the first step, is I figure out what sound I'm going for. Um, you know, if I can't find a pedal that sounds exactly what I want, I find something close and then figure out how to make it sound what I want. So I figure that out, and then I'll kind of sit down and draw out a circuit and say, okay, well, I could put this here, and maybe I should add a tone stack here, and maybe this. And just I get a lot of feedback from people around me, too, and, and I'll say, okay, if this was a pedal that you were wanting to buy, what would you want in it? You know, oh, I'd want a tone stack. Oh, I'd definitely want an AC jack. Oh, I'd want a, uh, you know, a, a switch for gain, three different gain settings or something like that. And then I take the schematic that I've, I've kind of drawn up and I'll, uh, I'll breadboard it and test it out and make some tweaks and adjustments and then kind of go from there. Um, once I get a prototype together and I actually, the box as a prototype, I'll bring it around to a lot of my musician friends and stuff and let every one of them play it. I'll let them take it to shows and play it with their bands, you know, and get as much feedback as I can about, okay, what do you think? You know, everything, not just how does it sound, but how does it look? You know, is the box the right size? Are these knobs cool? That type of stuff. And uh, I like, I love feedback. I like feedback from anybody that's played one of my pedals. I don't care if it's good or bad, you know. It's something that's going to help me grow into building a better pedal. That, I mean, that's kind of a quick rundown of, I just kind of, I find the sound that I want. Um, <laughs> it's funny, to be honest, I've kind of, lately, I've just been building pedals that I don't have on my pedal board. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, well, my goal is to have all my pedals on the board, so uh, nice. that's part of the part of the thing behind Hazel Effects is I just, I want to build pedals that I would play. 
I don't want to build anything that I wouldn't have on my own board. So eventually I want to replace all the pedals on my board with my own pedals. So, and that might sound, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, cocky, but that's not what it is. I'm just, like, I genuinely just want to build good pedals. Uh, to me, it enjoy. sounds like a stamp of quality. I mean, you know, if, if you are so confident in this pedal that that's all you're going to play, that, that's the kind of company I'm going to go for for pedals, but quite honestly. You have another Kickstarter campaign going on, and I believe that ends June 15th, or am I mistaken on that one? Uh, it's close. I think it's 10 days Okay, is where we're at now. So it's coming up close, So and that's for the Junk Punch. So what can you tell us about that particular pedal that's going on? Well, for some reason, I've always had like this weird like attraction to the Clean Boost pedals, and it's because... The way that it sounds when you run it in line with a tube amp is just phenomenal. Like, it makes your guitar extremely dynamic. Um, you can use it to overdrive the tube amp. Uh, it makes just, you know, I don't know, I feel like it sweetens up your entire rig. You know, after I after the germ was successful, I just decided, well, I don't have a clean boost on my board right now, but I'm, for some reason, in love with clean boosts, one of the most simple pedals. So I'm going to do that next. And that's kind of just where it came from. I just decided, well, that's going to be the next pedal, and I need to figure out, you know, what the best uh, course of action is as far as making it sound the way I want it to. Very cool. And I just pulled up the Kickstarter page. So that, um, the campaign for that is actually up on June 8th. So to anybody listening, um, make sure you go out, check out kickstarter.com, look for Hazel Effects in the Junk Punch, and uh, definitely get in and, um, and back this project, because I really want to see this come, come to light here. Thanks. That's, uh, I'm, I'm excited about that one. Yeah. You know, one thing about it, and I took kind of a gamble by doing a Kickstarter on it, because not a lot of people um, use Clean Boost pedals, and I think it's just because most people don't know. You know, you think Clean Boost, and you're like, well, I can just turn the volume up on my, my amp. But that's, yeah. It's entirely two, just two separate things. Um, it's like the, uh, I don't know if you've watched the comments on the past, the previous Kickstarter, but some of the guys that have gotten the uh, the Super Germ that have a boost section built into it. Yeah. Um, it's based loosely off the, the Junk Punch, but the Junk Punch, the final Junk Punch cir- circuit is going to have um, extra stuff as far as uh, like tone control. Uh, it's got the AC power on it. It's got a different circuit inside of it. But just the fact that it's a boost, is one thing that it, it's really close to the prototype of the junk punch. So, and I've gotten a lot of good feedback on that from people just saying, "Look, when I turn this on, it just brings my guitar alive." Nice. And I think that's what's so cool about clean boost pedals is a clean boost can be dirty. It can have if you crank the junk punch all the way up, you get just this nice little creamy crunch. Yeah. But you know, it just the main thing is I leave it on all the time on my board just because it sweetens up the guitar. It brings up the level. It gives you a cleaner signal to the amp. It makes it more dynamic. So, you know, you can just nice and, and give it a nice light pick and it's good and clean. Or if you increase your attack on the strings, it just brings your, you know, breaks up a little bit and uh, brings your guitar to life. So what other pedals do you have in the works right now? Like, what, like what, what's your next project going to be? The next one, and it's funny that I keep ending up with some sort of drive pedal, and I haven't done like a, a tremolo or a delay or something yet, but the, the pedal I'm currently messing around with is another one of those situations where I was like, I need a pedal for my board that's a good transparent overdrive, and I don't have one. I should build one. So um, it's called the Burning Bush, and it's a prototype 
right now. And initially, um, I built it probably like a week and a half ago. And initially, I was like, I'm just going to build this for me. I don't plan to take it into Hazel Effects or anything like that. And then all the same people that I've been getting to test out the initial, uh, the junk punch and the germ, I was like, just play it. You know, tell me what you think. This is my new overdrive. I'm going to keep it on my board, blah, blah, blah. And everybody says it's the best pedal I've made yet. So, And that's kind of uh, relative, too, because some people might not like fuzz, might not need a fuzz pedal, or might not like clean boost, might not need a clean boost pedal. Almost everybody loves overdrive. I mean, oh, yeah. It's hard to get away from that. But, uh, I'm, you know, without, at the risk of sounding, again, sounding cocky, I, I feel like it's it really is one of the better sounding pedals that I've played in a long time. And it's just, uh, I love it, it's it's super simple. That's another thing I like um, that I want to keep with all the pedals, all the designs of all the future pedals is simplicity. I want it to always be easy to use. You know, nothing against the guys like Empress and, and um, Wampler that do 32 knobs on all their pedals. You know, that's cool. Some people love having being able to control every aspect of their pedal. For me, I would I just want two, maybe three knobs on a pedal so I can set it up and go with it, um, tweak it pretty easy. So this one, it's set up, it's got two knobs, uh, it's got a drive and a, uh, a level knob, and then it also has a three-way switch that changes the voice, the distortion. So um, like in center position, it's got a really nice creamy, uh, just like really transparent drive. And then either to the right or the left, um, it goes in a couple of different stages of, of gain, which kind of take it up more into that actual, uh, almost like a distortion instead of an overdrive. Nice. Um, so it's pretty versatile, and I, I like it. It's in the small casing, like the 1590V case, like the jump punches, mm-hmm. one of the smaller casings, so it fits easy on the board and everything. So that's the next project. Everybody loved it so much, I think I've decided I'm actually going to make it a pedal for the company instead of just keeping it to myself. Nice. Now, is, is this going to be available through HazelEffects.com anytime soon, or when do you plan to release it? Uh, you know, it depends. Um, maybe soon. We'll see how the junk punch goes. If it gets fully funded, then I'll probably be um, pretty busy getting those pedals ordered and uh, getting the silk or all the uh, UV printing done and getting circuits built and stuff. And I'll have to kind of, you know, balance that with building or getting ready to launch the burning bush. So it's hard because I don't. I want to keep building new pedals, but I have to make sure I take care of the ones that are on order now, um, and kind of just balance everything out. But uh, if if the Kickstarter doesn't go through and we don't get funded, then uh, it might be an immediate thing. I might go straight into the burning bush and get that, make that available for everyone on the website. Excellent, excellent. Now one last question on the germ. I remember reading in the comments, or maybe it was one of the updates on the germ through the Kickstarter campaign, um, <clears throat> that you chose not to put in a DC jack uh, because of the polarity. And I think you said it was positive tip instead of negative tip. Do I have that right? Uh, it's yeah. It's what it is. It's a. Um, it uses a positive ground. Okay. So most circuits nowadays use a negative ground. Right. And all the old school circuits, even the old fuzz faces. Um, and I think maybe even the new fuzz face, uh, I'm not 100% on that. I'd have to look at one. But the, they use a positive ground. Um, if you look at, like, the analog man, the sun face that he does, the fuzz, which is 
based off the old fuzz face. Yeah. Uh, it's the same way. He doesn't have an AC jack on it. And it's, you know, it just has to do with the type of transistors that are in there. They're called PNP. Okay. It's, um, um, they run off of a positive ground. They have NPN, which is uh, going to run off of a negative ground. But all the, I just, I wanted to keep the germ old school. I used the, the old school PNP transistors. Um, I used old, like what would technically be considered obsolete uh, resistors, um, like 10% tolerance carbon um, composition resistors instead of the newer, more accurate metal film resistors and things wow. like that. I just, you know, um, and this this might kind of be going off topic a little bit, but it, it kind of I guess proves the point a yeah. little bit. Um, a friend of mine and I were talking the other day about uh, pickups and old old PAS style pickups like you can get for Gibson and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, there's a guy, I think it's, is it Barden or Borden? Barden Pickups, I believe, okay. um, that builds, he builds some replicas of some old PAFs. Now, these PAFs, if you go on eBay and you get a, a legit set of PAFs from, you know, the early Les Paul era when they were first coming out, um, you could easily spend three or $4,000 on a, a pair of PAFs, just pickups, if you were to, to buy a set of them. So the reason is because they sound phenomenal and nobody can completely duplicate that sound nowadays. Well, this guy that makes these pickups, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Barden pickups, but I, don't quote me on that. But um, uh, the guy that makes these pickups actually took a set of what he thought were the best sounding PAS that he had and he pulled them apart. So he sacrificed a $4,000 set of pickups to figure out why they sound so good. Yeah. And as he was unwrapping the bobbins, and going through it, he kept encountering these spots in there where, um, say, Gibson had a bunch of these little old ladies winding pickups in a little factory chatting with each other, and she's not paying attention, and she breaks a wire. Well, what does she do? She takes the wire and takes the, the other end of it, and she just ties them together and then continues winding the pickups. Okay. Um, or maybe she runs out of wire, but she hasn't completely wound the pickup. So she gets a different wire, and it's a different gauge. Just because it's what's available, she ties it on to the end of that. And can, it's almost like the whole, it's, it's like this chaos theory. Like, yeah. you know, you have something that's not perfect that sounds better than the stuff that is perfect. And that's, that's where the magic comes from, is yeah. the fact that it's not an exact science. And that's, especially with fuzz, it's like, you know, if it was an exact science and uh, with those pickups, then nowadays all the bigger companies like DiMarzio and Seymour Duncan that wrap these things to spec would be able to completely duplicate the sound and people would pay $4,000 for their pickup. Yeah. But they don't because it's not an exact science. And that's where the charm and the character of all these old school pedals and circuits come from are the fact that you know, back then the transistors and resistors weren't accurate, and they had a lot of problems. And, you know, there were a lot of issues with circuits and stuff, and they weren't completely sure of this working and that working. So, I, and that's why, you know, I kept the positive ground. I, I used old-school transistors. I used the, the old resistors that aren't as accurate. You know, I could have easily gotten resistors that are 0.01% accurate, instead of using the carbon composition that are maybe 10% accurate, you know, and, and it's in that that causes, you know, that unique character that you can get out of a circuit. And that's also the reason that 
you know, you might buy 20 vintage fuzz faces and find two that you really love. Um, and that's cool because when you do find a pedal that you really, really love out of that, you're like, ah, this is mine. I found the good one. This yeah. is the golden boy. Like, I found, check this out. I know you've got a fuzz face, but it's not like this one. And people play it and they're like, man, you know. So, and, and that's the whole reason. And the positive ground, um, I know it caused a lot of problems or a lot of people don't like it just because of the reason there's no AC plug on it. Everybody's got AC run to their pedal boards nowadays. Um, but, you know, I figured the people that are really after the tone and they really just want that are still going to be okay with overlooking the fact that it doesn't have a, you know, an AC plug on it and they have to make somewhat of an accommodation. Um, and that's why I put the on-off switch for the guys that keep it on their pedal board. That way you can still turn the power off when you're not using it. That's cool. So you don't drain the battery. Um, and, you know, well, I and, guess that kind of answers the question. Well, no, no. And, and it's what's funny about that to me is, like, like kind of what you're saying with, with like, the, those imperfections, those inconsistencies that create the magic. Like, that battery is part of that magic. You know, that's why, you know, Dan Electro was recreating the carbon batteries for a while. But um, I remember when my band was recording, um, <clears throat> with, there was one sound I was trying to get, and I, was, oh, I needed my envelope filter to basically take off all the high end. But, you know, being that it's an envelope filter, um, once you hit it hard enough, of course, you're going to get that high end. You're going to get that whack, that, that quack out of it, you know. And so um, what I had to do is I had to find a 9-volt battery. I used alkaline, but I had that literally had to be at 50% power. And if I had that, I just got this perfect tone out of it. You know, absolute perfect tone. That's it. That's the magic. And, and you know, that's why um, Voodoo, Voodoo Labs put SAG outputs on two of their spots on the Pedal Power Plus 2. I'm so you can regulate that. the voltage. Yeah, you can, you can uh, regulate the voltage down. If you are, you can use one of those outputs with the fuzz that I build. Um, and a battery clip connector because it's isolated. And, you know, people do that. They take their vintage fuzz and they plug it into that and they regulate the voltage down to 3.5 volts or 4.5 instead of 9, and they get this sputtery tone that, yep. you know, Hendrix might have had. And he had it because he had one of those old-school batteries and he'd played three shows and the battery was half-drained. And, it you know, it's it's... It's the magic. There's magic in that kind of stuff. The inconsistencies are really where it comes from. Yeah, they're really the good is. tone and the sound. Yeah. All right. Well, Caleb, I don't want to keep you too much longer. So, how about you tell our listeners where they can get more information about all your pedals? Well, they, uh, of course, Hazel Effects. Excuse me, HazelEffects.com. Uh, you can go there. There's a link to an email on there. I have the germ is listed there. I haven't listed the junk punch because it's still on the Kickstarter, and we're going to kind of see where that goes from. Uh, also, we have a Facebook page. Hazel Effects is on Facebook. That's it, just Hazel Effects. Um, I do a lot of updates through Facebook, too, just so I can post some pictures and stuff pretty easy. I think I posted a picture of the burning bush on there if you guys want to at least check out and see what the prototype looks like. Um, so that's... Those are the best places. You, you're welcome to email me anytime. The web, the uh, email address is on the, the website, just hazeleffects at gmail.com. Um, any questions or comments or uh, if you want to know more about the pedals, you can reach me that way. 
All right, so I am back. So thank you, Caleb, for coming on the show and talking to us about um, your circuits and just everything you've been doing over there with Hazel Effects. Remember, everybody, check him out at hazeleffects.com. The germ is available for purchase there now, so you can go out there and get that. Um, and go to kickstarter.com, search for Caleb Cook, or search for Hazel Effects. You'll find the uh, Junk Punch. Go ahead, back that project. It's a great project. And then, as always, guys, thank you for listening. You can uh, check out more about the show at signal2noise.fm. I've been doing my best to try to keep up with the blog a lot more than the podcast. Um, you know, time's always a factor, but hey, it's a factor in everybody's life. I do this because I enjoy it. It's a great time. So um, signal2noise.fm is the main website. You can always follow me on Twitter at SGNL2NZ, the number two, that is. And then um, the same uh, little password, ID, whatever you want to call that thing, um, will also get you to my Facebook page. Uh, so, hey, check that out. Drop me a line. And until next time, guys, make some noise.